What's up, guys? What's up, Brayton? What is up, Ross? What is up, Luke? Welcome into the uh, crowd watching live here on YouTube to episode 16 of the I-90 Sports Podcast with yours truly, Beantown Breakdown, Bobby, and my guy over here, JD, representing, representing Chicago. What's up, man? How you doing? Dude, I'm excellent as always, you know, just been, uh, you know, everything. It's been doing great. It's great to be a Chicago fan as always, you know, through the ups and the downs. It's always great, my man. How are you? <laughs> so first and foremost, before we get rolling, this sure. is going to be my man's final episode here before he gets married. So congratulations on that, big man. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, it should be a great week. I'm really excited. As usual, we have a packed show for you guys today. We got a lot of uh, a lot of cool topics to talk about, and uh, um, it's going to be a good show. It'll be a good show again. But absolutely, let's let's dive right into it. So we'll start with football, and we're gonna st we'll start with the Patriots. Um, let's backtrack a little bit at first to the Pats and Jets game, and I'm I'm pretty sure we all kind of we all kind of. Uh, expected you know the result that was going to happen the 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 pa patriots demolished the jets it wasn't even, it wasn't even a game it was it yep, was exactly. it was an utter disaster for for the jets and the, the crazy part about that game to me is it could have been worse the jets could have got beat a lot worse the patriots shot themselves in the foot a couple of times with with um you know, with just with some boneheaded plays and just bad penalties to keep drives alive and just bad play, the the the, the that score could have been in the in the sixties, you know, mid sixties if if a few plays went went the Patriots' way here and there. But that that was that could that could have been an even bigger blowout than it was. Um, <clears throat> but they 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 handle business fifty four to fifty four points dropped on the jets just an absolute you know demolishing of of uh of the 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 new york jets it, it was they're they're a bad football team dude the jets the jets are just a bad team there's the pate i mean this like you said it you said you know the, the you know death taxes and belichick beating the shit out of the jets <laughs> yes sir it, it, it was it's guarantees yeah, three guarantees in life. We need a T-shirt with that on it. Three guarantees: death, taxes, Belichick beating the shit out of the Patriots. That's just a fact. That's how um, it is. So, so let's uh, let's let's talk just for a little bit, like real quick, on that game. Um, in my opinion, and I don't know how the rest of Patriots Nation feels, but my opinion that was Josh McDaniel's best called game of the season. It was. Uh, plays were mixed in. They were, they were um, designed well. They were, they were just. He was back to kind of the McDaniel's that we're used to seeing. You know, like we're just used to seeing him mix mix up plays, really confuse defenses, and 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 get it done. And uh, um, it was. I was. I was. I was surprised that he actually kind of call that he did call the game as good as he did. I think the I think the uh first, third and fourth quarters were called very well. The second quarter he did 
I did get a little bit afraid. I was a little bit afraid that he was going to resort back to his kind of um, holding back of Mac Jones and just put the training wheels and the chains kind of back on him. But the third, they came out after the half and, uh, and it was right back to business as usual. They got back to mixing plays in, um, mixing plays in and setting things up and just, just the, 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 the craziest part about that is, is, that they didn't even realistically have to try to do that to them. And it was, it was, it was just that bad. Um, there was clearly moments in the game too, where Belichick just kind of wanted to uh, kind of rub the jets nose and piss a little bit, I think uh, for lack of a better word, just kind of show them like, Hey dude, you don't, you ain't shit still. I don't care if I lose Brady. I could lose Richard Seymour. I could lose McDaniels. I could lose the owner. I could lose the entire fan base. I'll still kick the shit out of you. That's Belichick's. That's Belichick's mentality. Uh, Bobby, I guess he has to go really quick. I think maybe he's, uh, some, somebody's got something. But basically, what I'll say about the Patriots, Bill Belichick, in this game, is that the Jets have a young quarterback who is undisciplined. Belichick. That's his. That's like. <laughs> that's like a shark. Uh, smelling blood in the water, in deep water. <laughs> that is, that's exactly what that is. Belichick seeing an undisciplined quarterback, please, please. That's too easy. Um, but, no, and uh, once, and once, one, yeah, once Zach Wilson went out, JD, it was, it was curtains for them. Once Wilson, once they knocked Zach Wilson out, it was curtains for them. They, they ultimately were going to lose that game. The crazy part was that the, the, the kid that came in in replacement for him, um, did bit did better. At least he looked better than Wilson did. Throw it just. It, I, I mean, from what I saw, that's the thing. Like Belichick, he's gonna feed off of young guys, and that's the thing that that is all. The league now is like ninety percent young quarterbacks. That's probably why Belichick's like, I don't need Tom Brady because I can just feast on all these young guys who are naive and stuff. So. I actually I, I like that and um, it's interesting though the Jets they have an interesting team uh, but I just think that they're they're coaching I mean it's gonna have to come a long way I don't know what I what to think of uh, Sala or Sali I don't know how to say his name yeah exactly. Robert Sala 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 yeah Sala I don't know what to think about him yet we'll see uh, it's still still the first year he has a young quarterback give him like three years and we'll see what's what's up but that's that's my opinion about the Jets they're they're so, so like, there's not my like overall thoughts just real quick. And then we'll jump into, we'll kind of just, we'll, we'll, we'll get into like the more of more like comprehensive breakdown of how the offense and defense look this season for the path so far. Um, Like they dominated in all three phases. They were clearly the better team and in all three phases of the game, they were just, they were just better. They just executed better. And they, the, the, that's sad because they still made mistakes. Even though they did execute better in offense, defense, and special team, they still made mistakes. And they still, um, you know, they, they still were playing at a much higher level. So, that I mean, that's that just goes to show you that even though the Patriots are, like, trying to build back up to that Super Bowl caliber level, you know? Right. They're, they're, like, you could it could be worse. We could be, like... Look at the Jets. Look, that's what I mean. It could be worse, a lot worse. You got 50 points on a team. I mean, these are NFTs, these are professionals. You got a rookie quarterback and you can still drop 50 points. I think that Bill Belichick has proven at least, 
at least that he's a competent, if not above average, Andy Reid, Sean Payton level without Tom Brady at the very minimum, if not much better than that, if not Bill Parcells level, very minimum. So like, I don't think that's, that's even questionable in my opinion. Um, when we, when we compare the two, we just split hairs, but um, huh. that's what you get. That's what you get you in the, yeah. So our special guest of the evening has arrived. So introductions are in order. So fighting, Fighting out of the left corner, wearing powder blue and yellow, representing Chargers Nation, the the uh, Oakland Athletics, and the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Welcome right. back to the show, Jake the Snake Silva. What up, Jake? Jake What's going on, boys? Good to Man. have you. Man, good to be back. And hey, at least we got the power back on after four days, right? Uh, so for those of you who don't know, let's just all right, <laughs> sidetrack for one second. You boys been without power for three and a half days. And I've been itching to get back streaming and 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 to be able to do our show. So I'm happy. Finally, like I'm back. Power is back on. I'm not in me and Diesel aren't in the dark and in the cold. Yeah, so we're good. It was an adventure, though. But yeah, power's back, and so are we. So oh, yeah. So, I mean, there really was wasn't much to be said about that game. The Patriots blew the Jets out, and it was just a, a utter like disaster for New York. Like they're they got a, they got like like Jake. I just said to JD, I was like, the Pats might. They're still building back up to that Super Bowl caliber that they once once were. They're, oh, they're, they're building. But if you look at it from from different perspectives, it could be worse. We could be in a much worse spot. I mean, we could be quarterbackless with like it could be like we have Mac Jones. We have a more than capable quarterback. Mm-hmm. It could be, it could uh, it could be much much worse. And they the um yeah like there's just not much. It was just a blowout. There was like they just dominated them and it. It could have been worse. The Patriots shot themselves in the foot on more than one occasion. That that score could have been in the high 60s. Oh, yeah. I mean, this could have easily been like a college football score from just from the way that we look at it. And, you know, like I said, Jets fans are just absolutely just shooting themselves in the foot. Then not to mention, like, I mean, you got to have taken at least every Jets fan's shoestrings because I felt like they were literally going to hang themselves after watching a score like that. But you have to think about it. Now they have to rely on average Joe as their quarterback because of the fact that rookie Zach Wilson's hurt. So, and, yeah. And they don't have any faith in in that um, Mike in Mike White at all. They have no yeah. faith in him at all. Nope, not at all. And then no, they're I, without their star wide receiver, Corey Davis, on top mm-hmm. of all that. So, first of all, first and foremost, thank you, Ross, for the $2 donation. He said, Bob, welcome back from the Stone Age. I know it was rough. It was rough. <laughs> And JD's a noob at Call of Duty. Both of us are <laughs> Don't know hype. on that level. Don't know hype. <laughs> um, so, I mean, so I guess the last the last point that I could make on the Jets game, just real quick, um, is the fact like the the Patriots continue to build. That that's they're 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 still there was even though they dominated you know offense, defense, and special teams. There were still mistakes made on 
all, you know, on all three sides of the ball. Like they're not, they're not in any way, shape or form perfect, but they're, they're doing what they, you know, hopefully they, they can do what they got to do in, in Here's what I'm going to say, and I'll just I'll let you guys give your, you know, they have to win probably three out of the three out of the next five games to keep Mm -hmm. their playoff hopes alive. Yeah. Now, what do you what do you think, Jake? I mean, you're absolutely right about that. Looking at, you know, New England schedule and the next couple of um, opponents that they have to face this year. I mean. This is what's going to be fun about tomorrow, man, because of the fact that they got very, to face the Chargers, very. who are very fresh from a bye week. And you have to think about it. They were going into the bye week after being embarrassed by Baltimore, only scoring six out of that game. Mm-hmm. I did not expect that to happen. Like, And mind you, going into this game, too, like we were here last year, Bobby, that when we ended up talking about this, we thought this was going to be an interesting game because Justin Herbert taking on Bill Matt Belichick Jones. and you know and, and Cam Newton at the time, and then they got shut out 45 nothing against New England. It was the most embarrassing game. Oh, you're talking game. last year's game. Yeah, yeah we, thought, last we thought it would game. be inter- an interesting bad. matchup. Yeah. yeah, it was all bad, just all across the board. But I think this week we might have a revenge game from here. And that's where I think Justin Herbert experienced what he – seen last year and is going to try to get the best out of that new England defense, knowing they traded a couple pieces away. They still have some good solid pieces up front and even their linebackers, but Mac Jones has actually been really, really good. And he's the only lone quarterback who's thrown for passes that are between eight to 10 yards. The only one that like, and, and he's consistent with it. He likes like death by a thousand cuts type of person. That's exactly what, you know, New England and their play schemes have looked like. But looking at the rest of the schedule, man, I mean, the Chargers, Carolina, I can definitely see Patriots really getting the best out of Sam Darnold. I mean, let's be honest. They've had history between Sam where he was seeing ghosts or whatever the hell he was seeing. He's he's going to be seeing ghosts again. Don't worry. We'll be. Yeah. And then Cleveland, on the other hand, Cleveland, I mean, that could be a sharp game right there, but if the cards are in New England's favor, that it's a toss-up. Atlanta, that's a trap game. I knew I, I'm not sure what game we'll get. And then you've got Tennessee Buffalo. That is tough. Mm-hmm. That's tough because you got that's Tennessee what, that's being why I red said hot. We have to we have to take three of the next five to keep the playoff hopes alive. Yeah, so it, it'll be an interesting task, but this is going to be one that they're going to have to take the first step against the Chargers here this week. So let's. Let's um, so yeah, the 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 Pats and Jets were just that there was it was like yeah whatever whatever, <laughs> New York you suck Jets yeah like they're just yeah it was like, a throw, I, I it was a it was a throw it was I, a throw I, in I feel, game I feel there bad, for you I feel bad for Jet fans I really do you like it's honestly one of those Jet, games Jet fans are some of the most loyal fan base out like dude they fill that stadium even they when are. their team is terrible they still show up and when you watch a game like that it's almost as if you're watching Alabama against the Citadel. Like yeah. that, that, that's the type of game that you're going to end up watching right there. <laughs> so I just want to, before we dive into our, our, um, uh, uh, chargers and Pats matchup, I just want to break a little bit of stuff down. Like so far, like as the season has gone for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, I want to start with it on the defensive side of the football. Um, and I, th- one thing, um, 
there's a couple of like glaring factors that are staring, you know, Bill Belichick kind of right in the face and just, uh, you know, just the, the, the whole kind of defensive unit right in the face. Um, and one of them, so one of them being the, the lack of the losing Stefan Gilmore was huge. The yeah. lack of having a shutdown corner to basically take half the field away is, is hurting them. It's, it hurts. It hurts a lot, man, because you, you, when they played, when they played the chargers last year, they yep. glued Stefan Gilmore to Keenan and out to Keenan Allen. Yep. They just glued him to him. It was like, you go wherever he goes and he doesn't catch the football. Understand that yep. that's what, and, but, and not only that, but just, just ha- not having a presence like that on the field is, is, is hurting them. So I want to get, uh, JD, what do you what do you think the about the no Gilmore on the Pats uh, uh, thought? Uh, first, first, I want to say like the fact that the Pats with a rookie quarterback are even in the playoff hunt is impressive. So I just want to say that. But second of all, talking about the secondary, that is something Belichick prides him on. So he's and you know what? I wouldn't worry about it too much, honestly. I, I, I put like three on the worry to one to ten. Uh, I'd give it a three because it's not that big of a deal because Belichick will figure this out. He, he's going to mold one of these guys into a top corner. That's just what he does. It's literally he's a he's a he's a Pro Bowl cornerback factory. Bill Belichick is. That's just what he does. So whether it's J.C. Jackson or it's one of these other young guys, man, it's going to be he's going to have that guy soon. But not having it right now. I mean, yeah, it sucks. You you might not make the playoffs because of it, but that's that, them's. The, oh, excuse me, them's the ropes, man. Them's the ropes yeah. with these. You know, when you have a rookie quarterback, young team, young secondary. So uh, that's just that's how I look at it. Um, I think Belichick's looking two, three years from now, and that's smart. You know, get Gilmore out of here, give these guys more reps, like or not um, not necessarily give them more reps, but let them continue to have the reps because he never really even got in the he never even got in the season. But um, yeah, that's my opinion. It's just like it's all—it's no deal. Belichick has time; he'll he'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Jake? What about the what about the Gilmore the Gilmore leaving the Patriots? Yeah, that was really just an interesting trade itself. I mean, even though that that was a trade talk that had been lingering around the league now for quite some time, and they weren't really sure if was it going to be last year they were going to trade him away because knowing the contract that's involved, and then not to mention. Um, the age as well was one that they were, they were thoroughly looking into this as far as they possibly could, as far as what's the value that they'll get back from trading a guy like that away, knowing he's a shutdown corner. And I was very surprised at the fact that he landed in Carolina because you think about with him, Jeremy Chin, and a couple of the young secondaries on that backfield, which of course. New England's going to be facing Gilmore anyway come the next week after the Chargers. So that'll be interesting to see what that may look like for Carolina's defense against Mac Jones. But um, yeah, it does leave a hole open for New England where they got to have that shutdown corner. That's the guy that is the the beacon of the backfield that Mm -hmm. you put him on a star wide receiver and he's not converting anything, whether it's, you know, um, a, a big play when you need it third down conversion situations, even fourth downs. Mm-hmm. That's a guy that that really does hurt you on that side. And now it's bringing in too much reliability on JC Jackson and a bunch of others in that young backfield. So 
yeah, that was kind of a, a, a tough loss for New England. I honestly wish they could have got back from what they what they had initially traded away to Carolina. I wish they probably would have got like another pick or so back on that one. Yeah. I'll add on that really quick because Belichick, he likes to make people play left-handed. Not having that shutdown corner can't do it as much. It's not it's not as easy. So that's kind of like what he was talking about. But like it's yeah, you, you want to take the best guy, your best thing away from him. Yep. Without that one guy, you're right. It's it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. It's very tough. Um, now, secondly, my second point is um, I I don't know how all the rest of Pat's nation feels, but I do not like this double. I don't like Steve Belichick and Gerard Mayo calling the defensive plays. I don't like. Oh, I don't yeah. like them. I want I want one guy. Pick pick whoever, Bill. Whether it's Gerard Mayo. Or whether it's his son, um, Steve Belichick. I I hate this this dual. Like, there's too much. There's too much room for error there. You know, too much room for confusion for error. There's got to be one guy calling the plays. I I've hated it since they started doing it. But like, I don't I don't like it at all. There needs to be one guy. I don't care who it is. They need to pick one though. Personally, I'd rather see Gerard Mayo do it because I don't trust steve belichick enough that like i don't trust him as much as i do bill so even though he's been in the system long enough i would much rather see him go back to his old kind of uh he was the secondary coach so i i'd much rather see mayo mayo kind of get the dot as the defensive play caller and just have steve is a very good secondary coach he was very very good at it like that secondary was really good so it's not like he's a bad coach I just don't think he's ready to be a coordinator yet. That that's I mean, yeah. I'm not saying he's a bad coach because he's not. He he was a very good secondary coach. I just don't think he's ready for for that responsibility yet. I'd much I'd much rather trust Mayo, um, making those calls. But I I just I hate that dual play. Like I hate that. I hate it. I hate it. I don't like it at all. And you have um, to think of the what history. Do you, what with, do you think about it? You have to think of too of like the history with Ger- with Gerard Mayo. I mean. He played as a New England Patriot, so he knows that defense very, very well. And that's interesting, though, that he's not getting at the very least majority of those play calls. Because if you think about it, I mean, look at on the other side of things. You look at the Tennessee Titans with Mike Vrabel. The fact that, you know, him as a defensive-minded guy, and he tr- like he trusts every single one of his players. I'm really concerned that same way. But you're absolutely right. I mean, you have to think about it. it. It's not as easy as people think it is to whether it's being a coordinator or it's being a head coach. It's not that easy to make it here in this league, even if you're just a specialist type coach. I mean, it's one thing because you're working on just one segment of the defense. So mm-hmm. I'd say if you put, you know, Steve Belichick into the secondary, then at, at the very least, he could work his way there then maybe implement some new ideas on defenses here and there. But majority of it, at least have Gerard Mayo work that because that's a guy that you could see really scheme up well for the run defense. And then not to mention play a little bit of those linebacking screen uh, situations where you may have one, possibly two playing up on a screen depending on those passing situations that the opponent's offenses may be running. So that that's going to be something 
I would, I'm on the same boat. I would have much rather have Gerard Mayo ha- control more of that defense, knowing he's got the experience of how New England's defense has always been set. And, have and the, listen, just, the secondary yeah. needs a good coach. They, they do. They do. Need, like if Steve Bell, I would actually like that better because I know Steve Belichick's a good yep. secondary coach and they're going to yeah. need it. Now that they don't have Gilmore, you know, they're going to need mm-hmm. that. They're going to need good coaches in, in, in spots like that. Not like now more than ever. Yeah. So absolutely. I would much rather see Steve go back to doing what he knows best how to do. Mm-hmm. And that's coach mm-hmm. the secondary. Yep. JD, what do you think? When you have two leaders at something, you don't have a leader. That's yeah. just a fact. So when you have two leaders, you don't have a leader. You need to figure out who's the leader of that defense. Is it Steve? Is it Gerard? I would choose Gerard, but I don't know because I'm not in the room every day. I would choose Gerard because of his experience, like you said, Jake. Uh, and, and, yeah, like you, like uh, Bobby said, if, if he already knows how to do the secondary and you're training young secondary talent, you should have a good coach on there. But here's it what I was saying about Steve. To me. It, all, it only makes sense. It would only make sense. That's, that's just logical. My question for Bill or, and Steve and the, and the Patriots is this, and Robert Kraft, and all Patriots Nation, actually. My question is this. If Steve Belichick was fired right now, or if he, if he needed a job right now, and he couldn't go to the Patriots, would he have a job in the NFL? Do you think that, that he would, for sure? And if that's because I, I'm, not, I'm not always keen on coaches hiring their sons. Like Kyle Shanahan, he got Me a job either. outside of his dad. And I'm not saying that he's not a good coach. Maybe he's the best coach. Maybe he's amazing. Maybe he's maybe he's even better than his dad. I have no idea. But I would like to see Steve outside of outside of New England. I'd like to know what that's about because I don't know. Like that could we don't know yet, but that could come up to bite them someday. They they could they could hire him off of his previous just like before he got the defensive coordinator stuff. He was a very good secondary coach, so maybe they'll look at that. I mean, uh, I, like I told you, he's. We we need a good secondary co- like a good defensive secondary coach right now. I would much rather see Steve fall back into what he knows best and just have Gerard with the experience like take take the dot as the defensive play call. I think the team would actually be better for it. I think the Patriots yeah. defensive unit would actually be better for it, especially so, if they want to push their chances to sneaking into the playoffs. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. I agree with that 100%. High Life uh, just said uh, that doesn't make any sense. Let me explain it really quick. Uh, <laughs> so basically when you have two leaders, basically like when you have two people, like let's say you have two chefs in the kitchen, they're going to want two different things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so that's kind of how that works. When you have two, like you can't have two, like uh, the Bears. Bears were a great example. You can't have Nagy and Lazar calling uh, calling plays. It was oh, terrible. <laughs> oh my God, it was awful. Against the Browns, that was a disaster. So uh, Nagy said, all right, I'm going to focus on all three uh, elements and you can call the plays. And, it, and so far we've been a little better, not much better, but that's basically what that means. You have to have one person doing it for better or for worse. You just got to let one person do it, in my opinion. I was expecting you to say that game against Tampa. I was waiting to see oh, if you were going to. I had to turn it off halfway through. I, I literally I was uh, like so pissed. I couldn't watch it. I like I had to turn it off. I was I was like, I'm going to watch basketball. Fuck this. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if there's one point that I I literally can say about the Chicago Bears is I think the Bear, like, honestly, the Bears don't deserve Justin Fields. It, for the way that the development is looking, you know what I mean? Like, because, the, because, the, because well, the thing, it is, the thing of it is, is that, first of all, this is all true, from the but... core. This is all from the core with the McCaskies. 
because we we've known from history that the only thing that Chicago has hit out of the ballpark has been defense. That's always been the root of that sure. franchise. You know, the monsters of the midway and so on and so forth. They've been really good with pedigrees of running backs from Matt Forte to Cedric Benson to a bunch of really good running backs and not to mention offensive weaponries. Tight ends were kind of here and there. I mean, there was there were some good picks with as far as Desmond Clark and Greg Olson and then having Zach Miller and Cole Komet. But the problem, yes, is that they've always butchered quarterback. But you then have to think of why that's always happening. And that's because of play scheming. Offensive line is too slow. They can't really provide any protection for Justin Fields. And that's where I'm like, I fear most for Justin Fields. I really do. Should we pivot to Bears or do you want to you want to come back? All right, to so the let Thunder? me let me make I'm gonna make two more. Um I just want to make two more, two more good uh a couple just a few more points, and then we'll go on to the Pats offense and then we'll switch to um and then we'll go to the state okay. of the Bears. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we definitely I'm, I got a lot to say about the Bears today, and Jake's making some good points. I I, I agree with them. all right. So that's our so um this is just my, my so these are just some of my personal thoughts from the Patriots defense so far this this year. The the consistency has been a problem. Whether it's pass rush, pass coverage, sometimes they cover real well, sometimes they pass rush real well. They haven't really been able to even in the Jets game. They have not been able to put a full defensive effort together, I think yet this season either one of the others succeeds um and and they go hand in hand if you have a bad pass rush right the secondary can only hold up so much before they just get wore out and tired you know and yeah you know they go hand in hand if you have a good pass rush the secondary does their job that and the front gets home and they get and they get sacks and they get tackles for a loss it's it goes hand in hand in the defensive secondary this year i think and i think a lot of it is is because of the youth like the youth it's because they've had to infuse the patriots have one of the oldest teams in the league and they've they've had no choice now but to infuse some of this youth but it's it's definitely been a a a process i want to say because they have guys like josh uche they have guys like jonathan jones they have guys like Christian Barmore. They have, you know, Chase Winovich. They they have, you know, this young core group of guys. Um, a lot of the secondary is very young. J- Kyle Duggar, one of the, you know, a lot of the secondary and a lot of the defense, they've definitely had to had to infuse some of this youth. And I feel like in high pressure situation, Bill reverts back to the veterans that he knows what he's going to get instead of kind of giving the young guys that that spot and seeing what they can do. You know, when Barmore has been given the opportunity, he's been excellent. He's been excellent, but it seems like bill uses them sparingly. And I think they, I think I, I, it's going to come to a point where I don't think he's going to have a choice, but to stay with these young kids and just kind of let them, you have to kind of let them learn on the fly. And if they make mistakes and fail, they it's, it's part of the whole, you know, process, but I, I like, I don't think it's going to come to a point because the linebacking core for us has struggled all year. We, they, they've, 
the middle of the field has been a, a huge, and we're going to get into that because I think the Chargers are going to be able to absolutely exploit the middle of the field all game long because it, it's, it, but the linebackers are part of that oldest, you know, they're, 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 it's Dante Hightower, it's Kyle Van Noy, you know, it's some of the linebackers that they use the most are the oldest, you know, part of the oldest, you know, members of the team. It's, it's, they, Olden's, I think Bill Olden's kind of smoke. tends not to trust the young kids, and he, and I think he's got to. I, I think there's going to be there's going to come a certain point in the season where he's going to need that's he's going to need the speed and the youth that these these kids bring. Um, that that you know they're going to need that. I think, and if especially if they're going to be in a playoff run, they're going to because they've been massively the whole linebacking core as a as as a whole have been massively disappointing, but. I, I just the infusion of youth needs to happen on this team because it's getting blatantly obvious that they need to get younger and faster. But what do you think, Jake? Yeah, it really does need to get younger and faster. And at the same time, I mean, that's all part of the the growth development itself because and and that's the one thing is with Stefan Gilmore being a hard hit to lose, like you had a veteran right there that knew exactly what it takes to be a shutdown corner. And at the same time, getting to man-to-man coverages against some of the top receivers, but at the same time, um, also being like in the back, of, like right in the back of the secondaries as well for the safeties, like they have to play a lot of those cover spots where they're just waiting for the ball to get thrown and where they're waiting there up onto the backfield where, who knows? They might take away an opportunity of big plays to be made. So, yeah, there's a lot of that development that the Patriots really have to go through. And and it is a mixture of young and old. The fact that you have Kyle Vinoy and um, and you've got Donta Hightower as well. And you're using them a lot more than you would of using the young kids, which I think is very interesting. Because at least these two should be mentoring a lot of these youngsters because these are the kids that for as young as they are, they're very high motored. These are some guys that are going to learn play after play rep after rep. So in order for them to master the playbook and in order for them to truly get pressure on opponent uh, opponents offenses. So yeah, I I'm really surprised that they used a lot more of these guys, but at the same time, I mean, we've, I mean, we've had a couple of years with chase Winovich. I think he, I think at some point he is going to get his moment where he's going to be a big hit. Um, and then the rest of that D line itself, shutting down the runs, um, providing pressures, busting through, you know, the interior offensive lines. But yeah, that's the only component that really needs to be on the same page is that backfield. If they could seriously work that out to where they can control it. And at the same time, they're shut down they're they're fast you know they've got they're built for speed and they're also built for pressures then i think the patriots would be in good hands to where they can compete to getting into that you know that second seed there into that wild card spot Mm -hmm. absolutely what do you think jd they're old and uh they need to play their young guys comment they're old they're old they're old uh what's his name i I always forget his name they're linebacker he's old as hell been, yeah. in, been there forever. Hightower. Oh, yeah. Dante Hightower. Dante yeah. Hightower. Thank you. I was thinking Freeman for some reason. Anyway, uh, Hightower has been there since like seven years, man. He's been like, you know, he's out of his prime. 
they don't have they don't have anyone. They need to play their young guys. Belichick hasn't been a good drafter. Uh, he hasn't drafted well lately. Um, they need to trade for somebody, in my opinion. I think that they should trade for somebody on the Bears because we need to fire sell at this point. But uh, you know, they, 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 they need to trade for somebody. They need to make some moves, man. Uh, Belichick needs to needs to get creative. That's what I think. Yeah. If he wants to build a new Super Bowl be- defense, if he really wants to prove, I need a new re- I need a new recipe that's only going to make this dinner like this old course just delicious. I need a new recipe. Has to be fresh. Got to come yes. fresh. The old stuff is going to work. You don't have time to bail you out anymore. This isn't going to be. I can put a half-ass defense out there, barely top ten defense, and maybe I'll win I mean, the Super Bowl anymore. No, yep. you got to dominate. So before before we move on to the offense for the Pats, let, sure. the the two I, I think at least the, the one of the massive standouts this year on defense has been Matthew Judon. He's been he's just been right. stupid good for right. us, stupid stupid good for the Patriots. He's been very very good, um, and I am like. I have a soft spot for defensive linemen because I played D line and offensive line my whole life. So Christian Barmore has been improving every game that he plays. He seems like he's, he's making plays when he has to and learn like he's Barmore is another one that he definitely did hit on in the draft. He, he hit on, um, he hit he on him as well. Got um, a few defensive guys. He gets not receivers though. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's there's there's certain areas of the draft that Bill Belichick is very good in, and then there's definitely areas of the draft that he's just he's just not so good in. But develop guys though really well. He'll yeah. take a, a D minus guy and make him a C plus. Yeah, yeah, because he he puts them in spots to succeed. That's what he does. So let's kind of let's let's transition into the offensive side of the football. Now, the Patriots against the Jets used their tenth offensive line. Um, their 10th different offensive line uh, mix up, like between the guys that, that play the O line. So they've played 10, 10 different starting lineups for the offensive line through the season through, through what six weeks now, right? 10 yeah, different, on. 10 different schemes. Well, you know, and that's a problem because the O line is one of those areas on a football team that. If you don't play with each other, like if you don't play with the guys that you that, you know, on on your your um, like if you're if you're defensive backs, you guys, you practice together and you learn the tendencies and you learn the chemistry in the chemistry, you know, builds from there. But if you don't get to build that chemistry with the guys that you're playing with, because every week you're playing with somebody different, it's it becomes a massive challenge, a, a massive, massive challenge. Now, granted, the the even though it was against the Jets, they still they the the O line still tends to struggle this year, and it's incredibly frustrating because we went. I, I think I can talk speak for a lot of Pat's Nation. We expected the O line to to be a a huge strength of this team when it when we were heading in headed into the season, and it's just been a a mismatch of of. Anybody who can play the off like the, the offensive line and just it, it's been plug and play and oh you, he played here in college we'll put it like, just just a, a a mess on the offensive line to try and just piece it together and make it work. Um, and Mac Jones, I looked this up the other day. He is the most hit quarterback in the NFL, and that's not good 
for your future franchise quarterback, like for your franchise. He's the most hit in the NFL right now. That that's that's a Even massive more than Fields. Yeah, more than Fields. Really? He's that's he is, nuts. He is the most hit quarterback in the NFL right now. That's not good. <laughs> yeah, that is nuts. I can't even believe that. That's, oh, my God. To, I, want, I want to see that stat. That's um, interesting. But I'm that's, really appalled. So, so the like, offensive line has been a massive – like, they, they have got to – they have got to figure something. Like, because the – in Mac <laughs> – so they, they – I also looked this up, and Mac Jones is in the top six for least amount of time to throw in the pocket. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah, I believe, yeah, so I believe it's, that. It's so at that point he's literally got to just throw it out there as as fast as he possibly can. So so here's what I would say. Here's what I would say about um, that. I didn't know that, and that's very interesting. And what that tells me is that Belichick has no intention of winning the Super Bowl this year. He wants to win every game, and if he wins the Super Bowl, who cares? Right. He would definitely take it. But that tells me that he doesn't know about his offensive line and he wants to keep testing it and he's treating every game like like it's preseason. And the fact that Bill Belichick is treating every game like it's preseason and he still kicked the shit out of the Jets is pretty funny. That's, that's, pretty, <laughs> that's pretty amazing. That's, that's, you guys should be proud of that one. That's, yeah. I think on that. <laughs> every game like it's preseason until he finds what he likes. I, hey, why not? He's got as much equity in New England as you can have. Six Super that, Bowls, come on. No, that's right. You know, and, and and you have to think about it too. This is a completely different offensive line now with the fact that Joe Tooney no longer there. And there were a bunch of real good impactful offensive linemen, but I guess after what you just explained to both of us, Bobby, I mean now it now it clearly makes sense because of the fact that yeah, there's split time in the pocket as any average quarterback would have to go through. But the fact that um, the fact that he has to literally get the ball, throw this thing as fast as he possibly can, get the quick release out of his hand, just to at the just at least get it to his playmakers, whether it's Kendrick Bourne or it's Nelson Aguilar or it's either one of his receivers there. That's a lot of pressure, and especially you for want to know what the average time yeah. you want to know. I looked this up because I because I had no power and I basically had a lot of time on my hands. So <laughs> <laughs> I had no power and I had a lot of free time. So I I was doing a lot of research. Digging at least. So Mac Jones has one point five eight seconds to throw the football in the pocket. That's it. About one, about one and a half seconds. That's double he is, before the pocket either collapses yeah. or he is hit. That yeah. is, that's just not for a rookie quarterback trying to build confidence. That's not good enough. That's not good right. enough. Right. And you wonder why that he's leading the category of at least passing yards that are between eight to ten on each play. That's yeah. crazy. Snap throw. Snap yep. throw. Snap throw. That that's yep. that's pretty much what it is. Yep. Um, so Jake leading into our Patriots versus Chargers matchup, which once again is going to be we're very back at it again, back time. to back years. But this time we, uh, this time we, we, um, 
It's under different circumstances. We both got new quarterbacks now. <laughs> Us with a rookie and you with your second year and Justin Herbert. Um, the Herbert versus Mac Jones matchup is going to be very interesting. I'm I'm yeah. excited to see how this is going to go. But I want to get your, first of all, new new coach for you, right? Second year quarterback. What are you so how how has the beginning of the season gone for you, man? And how what are your thoughts on the the Chargers and their new regime so far? So starting the year off at four and two, I thought was very impressive. I mean, if there's one game that should have never went the way that it did, it was definitely against the Cowboys. The fact that they shot themselves in the foot with 12 penalties in a single game. And on top of it, where it was a close enough score, we limited Dak Prescott to zero touchdown passes. Like that, like that's how that defense has really been shut down. But the fact that they, they, you had taunting calls, you had a call where apparently the quarterback was rushed up and looked like he was sacked when clearly he was not even on the ground yet. Like it, it doesn't, it never made any sense. But this team's been really, really good. The only thing that concerns me is the scoring the scoring chances because if you think about it last year our offense was ranked eighth in the league mm -hmm. and we had Shane Steichen who is now up in Philadelphia which I really am wishing he calls more majority of the plays than Nick Sirianni in Philly because this is just embarrassing up over there but um, he really transformed the offense, even with a young rookie, Justin Herbert, got the best out of him with his wide receiving core and getting him to where he's making big time plays downfield. The only difference is that they had a head coach who was way too conservative in Anthony Lynn. You knew how I felt all last year when he, when they played last year, how can Oh, he had God. no faith in that. He had no faith in his own team. That was his no. own problem. He no, had no faith in his own team. It's like his balls did not drop at all in that game to where he was getting the offense going against New England. Like he just let Bill Belichick bull rush him with a Cam Newton offense. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So I looking at Brandon Staley this year has been solid. That's a guy that is willing to take risks mm -hmm. this year. The Chargers are at least in the top categories, like I think in top 10 in fourth down conversions. That is a big difference maker this year because that's... Well, he trusts them. That's why he trusts yep. them to get those one or two yards. That's why. Yeah, and and the fact of the matter is you trust the group. You, you, run, you run the plays as far as you possibly can. It worked against Kansas City. It worked against um, the Raiders. And so... The old, that's the one thing that I'm hoping that the Chargers continuously do, but they know for a fact there are a few things that need to be fixed up. But like I mentioned with the offense going back to it, because you're thinking about it, you have an offensive coordinator who they were eighth in the league last year, and you just ended up transitioning to an offensive coordinator who was literally like in the, the low 20s with New Orleans. And that's where it, it kind of scares me because I'm like, what is Joe Lombardi like, what is his play scheme when it comes to the offense? Because I want this team, every piece they have on offense, they should be scoring 30 plus a, 30 plus a game. They seriously Absolutely. should. Or close and, to it. Exactly. So for it to be like that, it, it doesn't make any doesn't make any sense. But 
the thing that the Chargers really have to look at is that, yes, the major problem is run defense. Run defense is absolutely atrocious. And even though that I love how our secondaries have been, thank God Derwin James is healthy this year. So that's a good plus sign. Um, Chris Harris will officially be back soon since having that bye week, having him back, good veteran piece. Um, I'll tell you what, though, Asante Samuel Jr. this year has looked phenomenal. Like, as a really, really good second pick that the Chargers had, he's becoming phenomenal. Definitely an underrated corner. Um, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's overperformed what you guys thought. Like, yeah, he's, he's been very good for you. Yeah, no, I'm telling you high life. You think I'm high, dude. I'm serious. That's an offense. You, you should be having 30 plus points a game, but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, the run defense, they have been, they've been making phone call after phone call after phone call to every single team out there. Like they made a phone call to the Chicago Bears trying to negotiate something to getting Akeem Hicks, sure. which honestly, like, I think he's a real good upgrade, but I'd be scared to give up too much for getting someone like that. Who who knows what his contract looks like and how much of it you're going to have left of Akeem Hicks. So, and then that's kind of the same I feel about Fletcher Cox or either one of them that's there. Because you got to have somebody that's willing to be a wall to shut down um, opposing off like opposing runs on the offense and I, I I just truly think that the Chargers they're going to try to figure it out as best as possible but I do see Damian Harris trying to walk all over that offense if that's one thing Bill Belichick will oversee it's going to be that but otherwise the the team now is fresh for two weeks um they're going to be very mentally prepared for this game because after the embarrassment last year, Herbert hasn't forgotten about that. That's where he's like, no, Bill, you haven't seen what, what I, how he, I he play was, yet. He, he got, he got humbled in that game. I think a little bit, I think he yeah. got humbled a little bit in that game. Oh yeah. And this is now where it it is the time um, where he's, he's got to take matters into his own hands. So I, and I think it's going to be interesting because knowing Brandon Staley being defensive minded is going to do whatever it takes to make that pocket itself. You told me 1.5 seconds. Mac Jones has left in that pocket. He's going to double down, if not triple down the amount of time he's going to have in that pocket. And he's going to put serious pressure. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to put serious pressure on Mac Jones. This game's interesting because, um, another thing that's interesting about this game is, um, the Patriots are coming off a steamroll victory and the, uh, Chargers are coming off a very tough loss. Uh, yeah. So this is going to be interesting to see how the young guys respond. Uh, one thing I will say in the in the Chargers' favor is that the Patriots have absolutely no one, absolutely no one on the athletic level of a Lamar Jackson or even a Marquise Brown. So I don't think that – I mean, Harris might do some damage, especially if they can get some solid blocks going. But I don't think they're going to get absolutely out-talent excuse me out talented like they did um uh in in the last in the ravens game but at the same time i don't know that we'll see it, it could they they got a lot of momentum coming to you guys so you're gonna have to respond well is it oh, that's yeah. a perfect yeah, transition where is What's it that? Go, go ahead jenny i'm sorry is it at foxborough or is it at la no it's actually it, in la it is in la the patriots that, that, have to travel the chargers that's so, very helpful for the chargers so 
This is how I feel, Jake, and it, it it's going to come down to the Patriots' defense. They have got to come to play. Yep. The way you beat Herbert, at least this is now. This is my opinion. I'm gonna I was I'm gonna ask you the same the same question, right? Yeah. This is how you you beat the Chargers. You get after Herbert without blitzing. That front four has got to throw him off his mark. Barmore has got to be got to be in there. You know, Lawrence Guy has got to get in there. The pass rush has got to get home without sacrificing any more coverage. So corner blitzes or you know, blitzes from the linebackers are out. The front four has got to get has got to come to play. They have got to throw Herbert off his mark. If if Justin Herbert can is is sitting in the can sit in the pocket for for two and a half seconds, you know, it, it's done. Like he's the he's you know how he is. He's a like the guy just sits. If, if you give Herbert time. He's accurate. He's he's smart. He can pump. He can pump fake a guy off. He can, and, and you know he can look. You know he's just a good. He's just a good pocket quarterback. You have to throw guys like that off of their mark. You have to get them off their mark. And then the second thing is, is they're gonna have to. They're 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 gonna have to. Uh, they're gonna have to get. Uh, the help in the secondary has to be there too. They 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 have got it. The defensive unit as a whole, it starts with the line, but they have got a hold. They have got a if if they can, if the if the D can can take the passing game where they can control it and make it manageable and not give Herbert because Herbert's good at 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 dinking and dunking you, you know, eight to twelve yard throws, and then he'll take the top off with Allen or. Or one of his speech, you know, one of his speeches. He does that very, very well. Uh, Herbert sets that long ball up really, really well. He does, and so they're going to have to. They, the Patriots' defense has got to make Herbert and the Chargers one-dimensional. They got to make them run the football to win the game. If they can, if they can, if they can make the Chargers one-dimensional and make them run the football and just say you're only going to get these eight-yard, these little six-yard passes, and that's all we're going to give you, then I think they stand a chance. And I do think the Patriots can run on the chargers because I think that run, I think the front four, um, they, they tend to get pushed around a little bit. Um, I think the front four of the chargers gets pushed. They have a tendency to get pushed around a little bit. So I think they can run. Um, but how, so Jake, for your final question here, big guy, before you take off, I know you don't have much time left, but, Mm-hmm. If you're coaching, if you're Staley, how do you attack the Patriots and how do you win this game? So there's only about three points that I would of beating New England and beating Bill Belichick. The first is you have to play with serious intensity. You have to. Because Bill Belichick has been very infamous for all the years where he plays with high intensity. And he's a guy that is willing to straighten up all of his guys offensively, defensively, however that he may. But Brandon Staley has really hit it out of the ballpark when it comes to third down situations, fourth down situations, but also um, putting a ton of the pressure on opposing offenses. And not to mention, too, throwing off the defenses off their game. That's going to be another one that is going to be a big key for the Chargers. That's why I think intensity is a big thing. Number two is, um, like, 
I think to me, it, the, the biggest thing is it, it, I can't say blitz. I can't say that because we tried that before. And, and we know rush, how that turned out last the, year. The rush always seems to. So I think to me, um, I would say utilize the cover at least 60-40 because you got to be able to be alive there whether Mac Jones is going to be passing, especially when it comes to shortened passes, because that's a guy that he's going to play death by a thousand cuts. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been infamous for that. So that's where you really have to eliminate the chances of Mac Jones really getting quick release out of the football. Um, but at the same time, this is what's going to be key too. the chargers are going to be having a lot of their linebacking cores back drew tranquil, um, there hasn't been much on Kenneth Murray just yet. Um, I think he might sit out tomorrow, but hopefully we'll get him back by next week. But the rest of them, I mean, I have been very impressed by the growth of Kaiser White. He's actually looked really, really, really good for for them this um, this season. He's played a lot of really good cover. He's played a lot of intense like football when it comes to blitzing and also when it comes to stopping a run. He's been very, very good at that this year, and I've been very impressed with his growth. Um, but that's where I think you're going to start to see some of those linebackers utilize cover as well, because mm-hmm. they're going to need to eliminate that middle of the back of the middle of the field that Mac Jones loves to throw it at. And finally, um, I think to me, what you got to do is you you have to win every possession. You you have you have to literally win every possession that you have because trust me that that's you're one talking, that you're talking come up you're you're talking come away with points right come away yep, with points you got to cut drive, yeah right? you got to cut yep you got to come away with points on every drive you have to because there has been times where the Chargers they'll start out red hot and then could easily turn into cold very easily so that's where the 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 offense needs to be in sync. That past week against Baltimore was like I watched a couple, like I I watched it until maybe the third quarter, and I was like I was done. This offense is completely out of sync. What the hell is going on, Joe like Joe Lombardi? Like none of this was none of this was how the the like it looked before they even faced Baltimore. It, like it didn't. It seemed like the offense looked like they were in very good sync. By the way, Rayshon Slater, that's going to be an interesting one because the offensive line for the Chargers is much, much better than what it was last year because Mm -hmm. that was by far the low 30s that they were in last year. Rayshon Slater's been a big-time hit because he has not allowed a sack at all um, for Justin Herbert. I think it all it has has just been a couple hurries, but that's it. Um, Matt Filer... He's been very solid. Corey Lindsley's been solid. So this offensive line is very is, is been very strong. So I'm very happy that Justin Herbert has support. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where they really have to put points up on the board. They have to, and because this is not a game where you got to play cute. And this is funny because Justin Herbert has been the guy that he knows he can throw the long ball. He knows he can throw those dart throws in the middle of the field, but he doesn't have to get cute about it. None of them have to. They have mm-hmm. to stay straight, buttoned up, because this is an important. This is a statement game for us, because for either side, for either side, it, like it's, G, yeah, it's an important we, game again. The Chargers have not had any luck whatsoever against New England in the past, 
And that's where it, it hopefully will rewrite that. We'll start yep. to make a new chapter where that might turn things around. But those are my three points on and that. Hopefully on the beating. Patriots ruin your day. Sorry. Oh, for, oh, for God's <laughs> sakes. Listen, I, I'm hoping that I wake up Sunday morning and I'm making money off of that sports app, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> And it's been really good for me so far, but damn it. I'm really hoping I, I start winning more and more. Always, but Jake, man, I know you got to go. I appreciate the time, brother. Appreciate you coming on the show and, and hanging out with us for a few. And fuck both your teams as usual. Because, you. I we, mean, listen, I don't have to, bro, I don't have to worry be, about Jake as much. About but, <laughs> Sunday's about to get here. You're about to get your ass handed to you. Yeah. And you'll be humbled in my chat again. Oh, of course. You know, I was going to say one of the keys to victory for the Chargers are the, is the crowd noise, but I don't think you guys will be able to do that. So I don't. <laughs> hey, listen. At least we're happy enough. We got fans in the stands, man. That's the only thing I, I'm happy about. Before you leave, really quick, I heard a rumor that the Chargers might go to uh, Chicago. How would you feel about that? You're our neighbors. Oh hell no! You be the that, that... of Chicago. Dear God, no! That <laughs> that's not that's not call. even gonna sit. That's not even gonna settle well. I don't even know how the hell how the hell do you even make that work. Good Lord! That's, I mean, listen, ba- look, baseball. I, yeah, baseball. I can get baseball. I can understand, but uh I don't. LA has I don't, two teams. We'll take one of them. <laughs> take the Rams, because dear God, man, like, <laughs> yeah, that's like one team that's like Jesus. Uh, yeah, it's great. I appreciate yeah. the time, buddy. Absolutely, appreciate man. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. As always. Good luck to you, Bobby, because this is going to be a fun game, man. But, hey, sports has been really, really big, good big, for us. Big game for both sides. Big, big game for both sides. Important game for both sides. Absolutely. And, hey, let's hope that the Braves stomp the asterisks, man. Yes. 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 That, that is something that. we Great. both can agree on. Yes. yes. I, I, am t- I am sick and tired of hearing these guys. Like, I, re- I really, really am. And now, hey, now let's let's call up some good arms in that arm barn. All right, we need it. We need some <laughs> arms in that arm barn. You know, I literally told Key real quick when I heard that breakout. I said, "They are sensitizing baseball, dude. This is terrible. This is absolutely terrible." And and I will tell you this: I'm like, oh God, Philly's going to be feeling very awkward about it because look, we already know that the Eagles are awkward because you have a, ho- a head coach talking about flowers like he flowers, like he waters up daffodils in his backyard every Sunday when they're playing. <laughs> but here's the funny thing. When they mention Armbarn, you know the one pitcher I probably won't ever take seriously if they use that. So they have a relief pitcher named Sam Coonrod. Coonrod in the uh, Coonrod in the arm barn. That is just, I can't take that seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 let me give you a Coonrod, all right? Like jeez. I, oh god. Yeah, it, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a wrap. It's a guy's name, YouTube. It's a guy's name. <laughs> not our fault. Yeah, oh. not our fault. All righty, guys. I'll catch you guys on the flip side. All right, peace out. Take it easy, bud. Good Take luck. Easy. Good luck tomorrow. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know that guy. All right. Once again, that's Jake the Snake Silva, host of the Snake Sports Talk Show. 
Appreciate him coming on and hanging out with us as usual. Multiple reoccurring guests of the show. Um, Now we're going to get to the segment where I let my guy over here basically just, just take over because we're going to call this segment the, we're going to call this segment, the state of the Chicago bears. JD present your opening statements there, buddy. (laughs) The floor is all you go for it. Okay. State of the Bears, it's like the State of the Union only in Chicago. I mean, in the Midway. So, man, like, it's it's awful, okay? It's, it's terrible. It's terrible being a Bears fan. Um, we have a long list of problems. Let's start from the top. So, I was looking at the salary cap, and I haven't addressed it on this podcast. I've been, you know, I've talked, I've thought about it, I've talked about it, I've heard podcasts about it, but I haven't talked about it much on this podcast. And I think it's, I think... The more I look at it, the more it's just – it's just we have to just say it. We have to defend it. We have to say it, man. Ryan Pace needs to be fired. I don't know if Matt Nagy needs to be fired, but let's start from the top. Ryan Pace needs to be fired. And why do I say that? Last – a couple weeks ago I said, hey, man, you know, as bad as Ryan Pace has been, at least he's had some talented guys in this roster. And then I looked at the roster and how much money the defense is, is spending right now. Okay. We there's so much okay. First of all, I gotta take this off, it's pissing me off. All right. First of all, the unnecessary spending is outrageous, it's unbelievable. We couldn't even afford Kyle Fuller, and we're not paying a quarterback a max contract right now. That is really bad. We can't afford Robert Quinn. I remember on, on uh, Twitter, everyone's like, dude, everyone says the Bears suck, but look at all our sacks. Yeah, well, we're spending like two quarterbacks worth of money. Uh, like max quarterbacks, like two Kirk Cousins worth of money on guys who can rush the quarterback. We need to get rid of at least one of those guys, whether it be Robert Quinn, whether it be Goldman, whether it be Hicks, whether we need to be sellers for this trade deadline, man, because it is absolutely outrageous. And if Pace doesn't uh, sell, first of all, we're not going to be able to afford Justin Fields if we keep on paying these old uh, guys who are, ending their prime like Robert Quinn. And no disrespect to Robert Quinn. He's having a phenomenal year. We can't afford him. We can't afford him. We can barely afford Khalil Mack. Uh, in my opinion, sell it all. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. And then, I'll, and, I'll, and then I'll get into more specifics. But um, as far as Ryan Pace goes, if he doesn't sell half the defense and gets and, and get to my next point, which is the offensive line. Oh, my God. This is the biggest fallacy in the entire world, that Jason Peters is good. I'm sorry, he's not good. He goes on Twitter, he says, I'm one of the best offensive line in the league. He got completely dominated by Miles Garrett. I'll never, I'll never let that go. Also, half the offensive line sucks, over half of them. They are trash. They are complete trash. I wish Bill, Be- I wish we were doing exactly what Bill Belichick, yeah, exactly, High Life. We need to trade some defense for some offensive line, at least one guy. We, this is outrageous. Watching this team is just pathetic. It's 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 embarrassing. Like the Bucks, I knew this would happen too. I even called it. I was like, Fields is going to drop back. He's not going to be able to find his first and second option. He's going to get sacked. Happened a bunch, or he's going to get hurried. He's going to you know do whatever. And it's a, it's been a disaster. When you don't have, you talked about it with Mac Jones. When you don't have a solid offensive line, it's very difficult to grow a rookie. Um, but I'll get into more points, but but I want to hear what you think about my Ryan Pace point right there with like, dude, if you don't sell some of this expensive 
we have all these sacks. Oh, yeah, we're leading in sacks, but we're the bottom of the league and everything else. It's like there's a reason for that. That's what we're paying for. And it's it's like an artificial leading in sacks. Yeah, we're paying premium money to lead in sacks but suck. It's like I, I don't care about that. You did say this, like, in preseason, that you said your fear was that Fields would be running for his life and not be able to sit in a pocket and diagnose the defense because he just didn't have the time to. You did say that. Like, when we first started this when we first started this podcast, though, you, you, it was in the preseason, and you had said that that is one of my major concerns is that Fields is not going to have the time he needs to, to – develop into a pocket passing NFL quarterback, you know, a good, a, you know, to be good in the pocket because he simply doesn't have the time. And that's all that matters. I don't care about your athleticism. Like you're not Lamar Jackson. So I don't care about your athleticism at this point. So now um, to your point about trade, I think they're not going to have it. I don't think they have a choice at this to, to, to get talent. You have to give talent. It's as plain and as simple as that. They're going to have to take some some pieces of that that really good defense, or or take a a offensive weapon away from you know Justin. They're going to need something to get some sort of of offensive line help there because Fields can't. You saw what the Buccaneers did to him, dude. He, he can't. He can't continue the, the offensive line can't continue to play like this you know, in front of them. Robinson, they can't because we're not going to pay him we have to trade robinson there's no point to do this franchise tag thing because he's not even justin fields number one target there's no point for that so get rid of him trade him to the patriots or wherever you can get a, a couple draft picks for him like two draft picks that's what we need for him trade robert quinn trade akeem hicks and honestly, if you can get a big bag for him, trade Khalil Mack. You've already won the Khalil Mack trade. John Gruden is out of there. You don't have to answer to that. If you trade him now, it'll just be like, well, we have. Well, they still have. See, I, I, I'm one for going for the. I know Mack is not that old, but like, but like Roquan Smith is like, is is more than capable of stepping in and being the heart and soul of that defense. Dude, that dude is a st- – Roquan Smith is a freaking stud. He's a stud. You can keep him, but you have to trade at least two of the guys that I mentioned, two out of the four guys that I mentioned. If, if you – if, if you – I don't think Ryan Pace – like Ryan Pace wouldn't be doing his job correctly if he didn't. Didn't entertain entertain trade, trade calls for Khalil Mack. If he did not – and they should be. The Bears should be entertaining trade calls for Khalil Mack at this point. Roquan Smith is the true replacement for this guy. Mm-hmm. You don't ever trade him. You don't ever trade Roquan Smith. But Khalil Mack, you could entertain that. You could entertain that right there for sure. But you definitely no, you, you, and, and you will like like you will definitely get a massive haul for Khalil Mack. And you know what? If if Pace, like I said, if Ryan Pace wasn't his doing, wasn't doing his job correctly, he like you should as as the Bears GM, you should be entertaining trade calls for Khalil Mack. You should be. When you look at your you, this is the problem with the Bears right now. Like the Rams, look at the LA Rams. They have like they have Jalen Ramsey, right? They have they have Jalen Ramsey, who's a top who's a top DB. They have uh, Aaron Donald, who's one of the top five uh, defensive period, like defensive linemen, but defensive pass rushers, period, in the entire league. He takes on two people every play. They have a couple of good 
Um, they have Andrew Whitworth. They have a good, good, good offensive lineman, good young offensive lineman. They have Matt Stafford's contract, and they have a couple of wide receivers that make some money. I looked at this stuff. They are able to afford all this shit, but if the Bears needed to right now, they couldn't even pay Justin Fields the money. They couldn't even pay him a max contract if they needed to. Let's say Justin Fields was as good as Deshaun Watson right now. The Bears literally couldn't afford it. And I get going – this is the thing. The Bears are are, are, are kind of stupid. And, and, like, and I'm sure you're – I'm <laughs> – I could clip that right now. The Bears are kind of stupid. Like they really are. They they are they doubled down on they're like, all right, we have a young quarterback. Uh let's do what the what the Seahawks did. Let's do what the Chiefs did. Let's go all in and, and get this defensive guys around him so when we don't have to pay this quarterback. They did that and they still suck. They 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 paid all this money. They have all this money in the cap and they still suck. So it's like – and the reason why is their offensive line. And, I mean, that's one of the reasons – and the second reason is Justin Fields is taking his – So can I – let me ask you a question, right? Give me give me a uh, – Sorry. So right, the offensive line has been uh, – we've established that that's been a problem. Now, is it just the guys not performing or is it is it more like coaching and play calling and not, you know, be, you know not – not going to their is it so which is it? is it coaches and play calling or is it just the players not performing well and this is the thing like I, I there's not one thing there's not one thing for sure it's it's a lot of everything but here's what i would say the bucks game um the bucks game you could just you know put that in the ball throw it in the trash no reason to talk about it, no reason to think about it you are you are outmatched on offense you have the greatest player in the history of football on the offensive, that's dumb. Then you have three Pro Bowl, maybe four, I think, Pro Bowl players on defense against a rookie quarterback who is having trouble going through his progressions. He's still learning the playbook, having trouble going through his progressions. A rookie wideout, and then a crap load of crappy offensive linemen who can't do crap. So that is, you can just, that's, you're never going to win that game. That game was doomed before it started. But we can go back, we can go back to the Packers game. There's a lot to build on that game because the Packers are a hell of a good team. Even though, you know, they had some struggles early on in the season, they're a hell of a good team. You saw on Thursday night, they, they were very competitive and they beat an undefeated team. And the Bears were right there with them. You saw the Bengals game. They beat the Bengals with Justin Fields in the game. So there is a lot to build on with the Bears. We have a lot of good young talent. You got Roquan Smith. You got Cody Whitehair, who's a really good offensive lineman, one of the only ones we have. You have uh, Goldman, who's good. You got um, uh, what's his name? Goldman and Whitehair are the only ones that can stay on that offensive line. Everybody else can go. They can all go. You can trade everyone on the entire roster except for Roquan Smith um, and you, you, a couple of the defensive linemen, Cody Whitehair, Justin Fields, and Jalen Johnson. Trade everyone else. It does not matter because you need to start over. Like that's the thing. We're we could. The Bears have so much to build on. The fact that we are like. Closing out on the cap is pathetic. The fact that you're closing out on the cap and you're not even close to the playoffs, in my opinion, is pathetic. But that's the thing, man. We'll see. We'll see what happens this week with against the 49ers. This is a pivotal game. It's a pivotal game. We'll talk about it in a second. But I want to get your thoughts before we talk about that. Uh, exactly. What are your thoughts on what I said? Um, no, dude, I, I, I agree. They, they, they have got to kind of find their core group of guys and, and – and go from there, because I I don't I don't even think they know who their core group of guys are yet, because they haven't found 
They have, I don't think they've, well, they, they obviously Roquan Smith and obviously Roquan Smith and Khalil Mack are for the defense. And then you got Justin Fields. And then if you add, um, you know, you can add in Al, you know, Allen Robinson there, but it's like, I think the rest of that team is just kind of, you know, they, I don't think they know who their cornerstone guys are outside of one or two of them. And that's it. Draft picks, man. We need draft picks. We need a million draft picks. That's what we need. We need to sell like, and I'd be okay if they did that, but that, they won't do that in my opinion because they think that they're a Super Bowl team. And I, I don't know what made them think that, but that's what they think. So that's where we are with the Bears. That's the state of the Chicago Bears. I would say the other thing is we have some talented running backs. If you want to keep those guys, that's fine. Build on those guys. But the, the offensive linemen, trash. Half of the secondary, trash. Um, and the coaching staff, I feel like – I can't make a judgment yet. It's really tough, man. It's really tough. So very difficult. No, it's the, the Bears are in a tough spot. They're they're in a real tough spot because they have they have what seems to be their their you know their guy, Justin Fields. They they just they so the the Bears are interesting because they they just instead of building the team first. Instead of building the team first, right, they went and got their guy first. So now Justin Fields has to wait for the Bears to build to build the team. Or you know, now instead of it's fine, but it's not ideal. No, no, it, it is fine. It, it's it's just it, it's now he's got to now he's basically got to survive until until um you know the Bears put a line in front of him and they they give him some. I think Chicago's next move is is going to be offensive line. I think they 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 Absolutely. secure up the line in front of in front of fields because if they and if they and if they decide to go any other route, they're crazy. They're crazy. They're insane because now they have their guy. They have their guy. They, they have fields. And why do they have fields? And the offensive line is a blatant dude. It's a blatant. It's literally staring them right in the face that the offensive line is a massive problem, and if they and they need to address it. It's staring them right in the face. This either at the trade deadline or in the draft next season, the O-line needs to be addressed with them. It has to. It has to be. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And it's just – it's. I feel like it should be addressed at the trade line or trade deadline, man. Like if you could find a guy on a team that's, you know, uh, maybe a sixth on offensive line that you trade uh, one a couple guys for him in, like your number one priority – if you draft a young quarterback, after you draft that young quarterback, should be to protect the young quarterback. And then then once you protect him, then you can get a, a pass rush and stuff like that in a good secondary. But in my opinion, if you're going to get a young quarterback, you got to protect him. That's just number one. You don't even have to give him receivers, but you have to protect him. Give him, give him a chance out there. And I feel like that's the problem. Jake said it best. We don't deserve Justin Fields if we can't even protect Justin Fields. That's just – yeah. You know, yeah. he's a talented kid, but but he's got to develop. And if you can't – and uh, uh, George or Jorge, um, he says, I think uh, the Bears can beat the Niners. If they don't beat the Niners, fire sell. That's, that's it for me. That's the state of the Bears. If you, we don't beat the Niners this week, blow it up. Blow it up. Keep Fields, keep Smith, and get rid of everybody else. Maybe keep Johnson, keep Mooney, keep Herbert. Montgomery, a couple of the running backs, but blow up the offensive line. Get that's got to go. So let's switch to some uh, to some basketball, JD. Let's switch oh. over to the NBA. 
So we will uh, we will start with the Celtics, right? Um, man, they are they are uh, the C's are struggling to start the season. They're yeah. they they've hit some struggles uh, early early here, and and it's not good. It's not good. They no. they kind of remind me of the same team as last year, where where uh, some old habits that they've run into are still there, and it's not it's not good. So the C's, the Celtics um, have definitely not gotten off to the to the uh, shining start that you know we hoped that they that they would. Um, but I don't think it's. 100% their fault. The players are to blame for some of it, but I like there's a new coach, you know, so they, first of all, let's backtrack a little bit. They, 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 they ousted Stevens from the head coach job and now he's in the front office. So they ousted him. They got a new coach, Ime Udoka, Udoka the new coach. And he's implementing a new system, new offensive and a new defensive uh, scheme which I believe involves a lot more switching than the Celtics are used to in Brad Stevens' system. So sure. um, they they tend to switch, at least from the games that I've seen, they tend to switch a lot more um, than they're used to with Brad Stevens. And I know they spent a, a lot of time in Stevens' system, so I think that that is an attribute to why they're starting so slow. Um, and... Uh, then you 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 just add in um, like the most disappointing part of this, and I'm just gonna they're they're playing a lot of times and they just give up. Like it's the same thing we saw last year where the adversity gets tough with them and they just kind of pack it in. Like the body language shows, That's the attitude shows. They they just kind of pack it in, and and it's disappointing to me because it's the same thing we saw last year with them. They would get down. That you know they they would get down out of the half and just they would just kind of raise the white flag and 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 pack it in and it's it's incredibly frustrating and I know that there's um I know that they're they're trying to integrate some of these young guys like Aaron Neesmith and and Romeo Langford and and sure. you know Peyton Pritchard and some of these other guys they're trying to integrate them yeah. into the offense and it just I don't know, JD. Just from I mean, I'm curious to know what you think from an outsider's perspective, just looking in. But it doesn't look good to start the season, man. It doesn't. It doesn't look good. Yeah, and it, you know, it's it's really early. Like uh, like George said in the chat, we saw a lot of basketball. Um, it may not look good now. Uh, I think the Wizards. You know, I I realized that you know they don't traditionally they weren't traditionally a good team. They might be a pretty good team this year. They have Dinwiddie and Adija Kuzma, they, uh, Beal still. Uh, they're a team that that actually is is better than you think. But as far as the Celtics go, it's going to take some time, especially you know for Schroeder to come in. Al Horford's coming back, and they got a different system now. Uh, and Tatum's not going to be the guy anymore to just like ISO the ball uh, thirty times a game like he wants to. And you talked about the attitude thing. Uh, or rather, um, rather the, the mental toughness. Yeah, that comes down to your leader. And who is their leader anymore? Uh, is it is it Horford? Is it Brown? Is it the coach? I'm not sure. But we'll but we're gonna find out, and, and we're gonna we're gonna find out this season. Uh, it's, a, it's a very big season for the for the Celtics. I think if you if they don't 
if they don't make a good playoff run this season, there's going to be a big shakeup in that roster, whether it's trading Tatum, whether it's, uh, well, it's, uh, Tatum or Brown. That's pretty much, I, I think one of those guys could, could get, get traded. I'm not sure what else you do with that roster, to be honest with you. There's not much to do with that roster. You just signed with Robert Williams. So you kind of have to hope that that works at that point. Um, and if it doesn't work, you're going to have to shake up the stars. Uh, so we'll see what happens with the Celtics. Um, I think that it's going to take some time. It's definitely going to take some time. Struggling early from three, uh, over they started over fifteen in uh, yeah. the the, the um, Wizards game. That mm-hmm. definitely doesn't help. Uh, but the encouraging thing is, you know, they were ha- they were going into half only within a couple points. So you're looking at that. You're going into half with a couple points. You went over fifteen. If you can just hit your three point shots. Maybe you maybe you look like a different team. Like yeah. I don't know. Maybe you look like a different team. So one of the things I did want to talk about is I like Ime Udoka's attitude, the coach, a lot. I like how he's not afraid to and I think the Celtics kind of need this. He's not afraid to give him a little kick in the ass and a little tough love. Where Brad Stevens, I think, was was kind of afraid and not willing to do that. Udoka will call guys out by name. He'll call them out and say, you didn't play well. And he'll he'll say it to the media as well. He'll say, yeah, he didn't play well. He played like he didn't play well at all. No, he had a bad game. And he'll say their name and actually call them out. You know, like he will. I do like that. He is holding these guys to the fire and holding them and holding them, but holding them accountable. You know, like I felt like we were lacking that with Brad Stevens, where he would never like, he would never like put his foot down and 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 say to these guys like that wasn't good enough guys like that that was that that game just wasn't good enough we need to be better we need to be better as a team you need you know and he would and he was not afraid to call you know and and Udoka's not afraid to call individuals out and 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 tell them to step their game up and i i like that a lot cuz we 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 haven't had that in a while and i think this we're going to learn with Ime Udoka as the coach JD we're going to learn Who's got mental toughness and who doesn't on this team? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly where the Celtics are. They need they're in a trialing period with this team. Uh they're a team that a lot of these parts were in the Eastern Conference Finals, one game, a few points away from a, a finals run. Uh so they know that they have something here. Uh they, they know that they have something here. But what do they have? And this, and I feel like Stevens. This is the last thing I, the last thing I'd say about the coaches. Uh, I feel like Stevens. Maybe he thought that this team just wasn't responding anymore to him. Sometimes you need a new voice in the room. You look at Mark Jackson uh, to um, to the Steve Kerr situation in, in Golden State. Maybe that's what they're looking at. They're like, okay, well, I like my system here. I like the people that I have here. Um, what's his name? Danny uh, Ainge. Danny Ainge made a few good moves, but in the last four or five years, he's been kind of sucking. Let's fix the moves that he made by getting Horford back, getting Schroeder on the team, getting Williams on the team, and then let's see what we can do with this team. And I feel like that's where they're at right now. Just trying to get a new voice in that room, get a new leader, uh, getting some new leadership going on versus uh, just the same old voice that's been around there for five, six, seven years or whatever. Will you settle down, Cat? Jeez. <laughs> I'm trying to jump on my laptop and stuff. Anyway, yeah. So, so here's what I believe, right? And let me know what you. So here's what I believe. They are better than what they're putting on the court. 
they're better they're, they're better than what they're than what they're the Celtics are showing on the court. They are more talented for sure. Yeah. No, no, definitely. They they, they should be they sh- okay, so let me rephrase that. They should be putting a better product on the court than what they are. Than what than what we're seeing now. That's to me that's that's one thing. So what is that what do you think? Do you think that's true or Oh yeah. I mean, you know, again, it's it's early and and, and once they well, you know what? I've been I've been impressed with Jalen Brown. I, I can I can at least say that I've been impressed with Brown, uh, because he's been he's stepped his game up a little bit offensively, and that's that's what they need. Um, and I don't think that necessarily that they can be much better, but I think that they can win more. You know what I mean? I think yeah, they're they're absolutely. about as talented as they are going to be, but they need to be more disciplined. You know what I'm saying? They need to like keep like keep it keep it locked in, uh, and and then they'll then they'll they'll do well. Uh, I'm kind of just watching them right now. They they seem to have a good system going. I mean they they've bought in. You know what I mean? It's just about putting it together and getting the timing down. So now now, um, we're gonna find out what this. Uh, so just from what we've seen in the small sample size so far. The Celtics' upper management and Ime Odoka, they are going to find out this year whether Jason Tatum is there is going to be able to lead this team or not. That's what this season is going to show. Because as of right now, it's not looking good. Tatum's body language when they're down is not good. There's there's not he is very very offensively talented. Right, he's he's got some defensive ability, but he's very offensively talented. The problem is, it, it doesn't take much to get in his head. That that's that's the biggest issue I have with him. Once you and once you get into Tatum's head, and once he gets this this attitude thing, and once he gets you know out of that locked in zone that he that he's in, some like it's over. It's over. He he mentally just checks out, and this is this season. I think is going to tell um, a lot about how mentally tough he is or isn't. But right now, it's not looking good. Well, he's supposed to be the Mamba mentality guy. That's that's what he talks about, you know. In, in a couple of his commercials, he wants to be like Kobe. Well, Kobe was mentally tough, man. Kobe would Kobe did it didn't matter if Kobe and he, his body language is, was the same whether he was zero for twenty or twenty for twenty. Kobe's body language was the absolute same. He was he was going to out outwork you. He was going to um, out physical you. He's going to push you around, and he was going. His footwork was going to be probably the best footwork in the history of the NBA, maybe. So yeah, that's that's Kobe was disciplined. That's what uh, Jason Tatum needs to learn. Um, he's a, he's as talented as they come. I mean, he's six foot eight. He's got a, a, a sweet stroke. Uh, I mean, a sweet a sweet shot. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's He's as talented as they come. So it comes down to your, you know, your mental toughness. Can you lead this team to a top seed in the in the East? And you know, I see him getting double teamed right now and taking a fadeaway jumper. You know, you got to make good decisions. You got to be a leader. So it, it does come down to that. And can he turn into somewhat of a more of a playmaker too? This game uh, in 2021. This isn't the 2000s either. A lot. I see a lot of young guys like I want to be like Kobe. I'm just going to ISO, ISO, ISO. This game is less and less and less about ISO. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steph Curry destroyed that. So good luck with it's that. It's more of a it's more good of luck. a team game now than it. It's more of a team game now than it ever has been. 
it's yeah, it's we're back to the Pete Maravich days where you just fling the ball around as fast as you can, and hopefully you get a clean shot. So uh, get rid of that ISO mentality. It's not going to work. All right. So this is once again the the segment of the show where we turn it. I turn it over to you. Um, let's talk some balls, man. What do you, so so far? Small sample size so far, right? Um, do you like what you're seeing out of Chicago? And what are your thoughts sure. on the Bulls so far? Sure, I love what I'm. I love what I'm seeing now. Is this a champion? Well, let me let me break it down. Let me break it down step by step. Um, number one, I love what I'm seeing. I, I love that we're aggressive in free agency. I love that we um, we're taking low risk but smart and. Uh, Culture moves is what I'll call it. We're, t- we're making culture. We made culture moves this summer. I've talked about it multiple times in the podcast and we're seeing it play out. DeMar DeRozan, he's a winner. He's coming in and he wants to win. You got uh, Lonzo Ball. He wants to win. Uh, you, you got uh, Zach Levine and Lonzo are playing out of this world. They're about as good offensively as you could. I mean, a duo. They're about as good offensive duo as anyone. Um, it reminds me of uh, LaMelo and, uh, and Miles Bridges. Only obviously Levine is way better than the Miles Bridges offensively, so there's there's no question about that. So it's it's absolutely phenomenal to watch. It's very fun basketball. It's very fun basketball. You never know what's going to happen. You got to keep your eyes on the screen. The ball is flying across the the, the the court, which is exactly what I was talking about. That's that's how you win in this league. Uh, you got to throw the ball across the court all the time, um, and it, it's great. Oh, sorry. My favorite thing about it is um, obviously. I can talk about Booch, but he, you know that's that's too easy. Booch has been amazing, um, but my favorite thing about it is uh, Alex Caruso had three steals a game. Man, he's coming in and earned that money. Uh, he has been absolutely phenomenal off the bench, um, and our bench, yeah, is as good as ever. My, uh, and, and that's all the good. That's all the good. I will say now. Um, now the bad, really quick. This is my worry. Is I'm scared a little bit because you know everything just unravels in Chicago all the time. Everything starts good, looks pretty, and then it unravels. Um, Patrick Williams is hurt; he's out for the season, out or at least six months. He's out for a long time, and that was that was a tough loss, not only defensively. Is it but, is it really six months? Yeah, yeah, six months. Wow, it's shitty. It's it's really not good. Uh, for one, the development of Patrick Williams it's terrible. It's, it's really bad for the development of Patrick Williams because now it's a whole year of just sitting on the bench. I mean, hopefully you learn some things. Maybe you take some good notes. But still, you're not on the court. That's a year of development just gone, wasted uh, uh, on the season. Because, I mean, obviously, even if he comes back in the playoffs, there's no reason to rush him back. We might as well just have him next year. Uh, so just enjoy rehab. I mean, as much as you can. I'm sure it absolutely sucks. But, yeah, Patrick Williams, I'm, we're not expecting him back this season. And that absolutely sucks for our defense and uh, obviously for offense too. Um, and that's what I'm worried about too. We got DeMar DeRozan. He's had some injury problems. We got Lonzo Ball. He's had some injury problems. We have, um, uh, who was it? Uh, Levine. He's had also some injury problems. So we have these guys who, who are core Bulls pieces who have had injury problems. And, and one, thing I'll, one thing I'll say before I pass uh, the ball over to you, my friend, is that I, I do for once have confidence in the future of the Bulls. Do I expect this team to win an NBA title this year or next year? 
Probably not. Can we make a run? Maybe. I hope so. That'd be awesome to see. But I don't expect it. Do I expect AK, as I'll call him, to make some moves every single year now and good, smart moves? Yes, I do. Culture moves? I do. And I love them. So uh, what do you think about all that, about my Bulls? I think I think uh, Karnosovic, right? I think, is that how you say he Karnosovic, I think, yeah. Yeah, he so yeah, he he saw he saw what the Bulls did good last year and what the Bulls did bad. And the moves that he made in the offseason were very strategic, very smart. And I, I I do I think he did a good job of of filling needs that Chicago that Chicago had in the offseason. Um right. I, I like what I see out of Chicago. I think they're gonna be I, you know, I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be able to surprise some people this year. They may, when, if they, you know, if, or when they get into the playoffs, I think, I think, excuse me, I think they'll, there's going to be some teams out there that'll definitely overlook them. And I think the Bulls could absolutely punch them in the mouth. I am worried about the injuries. So what do you, do you think, uh, you think that could, that that's concerning those, all of those, all of those kind of like like you were saying those like pillar pieces of of the new era the new era of the of the bulls and you do have that that like they they'll like tweak something and be out for two weeks you know what i mean right. there's yeah lonzo too yeah. You, you know what i mean like the, the, all stuff like that happening to them it's 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 definitely worrisome but I do. I think the Bulls will be okay this year. I, th- I think they're going to be much. Im- I think they're going to be much improved. And like you said, I think the culture, and I think he's trying. I think AK is trying to bring a winning attitude back into that locker room. And it's not just going to be, oh, let's settle for this or for that. It's like, no, man, we're we want to win. We want to win, and we want to compete, and we want to. You know, what I mean, I think he's trying to raise that attitude in that bar. You know, with the, the moves that he made, it's, it's yet as a team, we're going to compete. We're going to, yeah, we're going to have guys that are here to compete. Yeah. And they're not just going to settle, you know, like the added, he's trying to improve the morale and the attitude of the team while at the same time, improving the skill level too. So I, yes. I applaud yes. him for that, man. I, yes. I think he's, I think he did it. I think he accomplished a lot in the off season and I think it, he made good, good, smart acquisitions. Alex Caruso at that salary can stay with the Bulls for the rest of his life. And I like, I like, see, I've, I like Caruso because he's a guy who makes like the hustle plays, the effort plays are there with him. You know what I mean? Like he's not afraid to dive into the stands for a basketball to try and save it and keep it in play. You know, he's a guy like that. And he does the little, the little fundamental stuff that, that keeps you in, in games, you know? Guys like that are 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 valuable to a team, and I think Caruso brings. That's what he brings to the Bulls. He can always he can just sit on that bench. He can be on that bench for the rest of his life, man. He is he is a I've man, I've loved what I've seen out of him. He's a, he's active. That's what I'll call him. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. High mo- high motor and high effort guy. Absolutely yeah. love what I've seen out of the Bulls. Worried about the injuries. That is that is my synopsis of the Chicago Bulls right now. Um, but the NBA season has started out fascinating right now, man. It really has. It's been, it's been really good. It's been very nice. It's been awesome. It's going. Uh, f- games. I, I have felt like, dude, it's going fast too. Like yep. Six it, games it's in. going fast. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, we're already almost to 10 games. It's uh yeah, it's really interesting, man. And uh, there's a lot of good young talent now. 
John Morant has looked as good as ever. Uh, you know, you just got, you know, Zion is under the NBA is going to be very exciting again. The NBA this year is going to be very exciting again. Absolutely. Hyped. So I have some, I have some, some, uh, random questions for you here, JD, to, that I want to run by you to just kind of, to kind of finish off and end the show here. Um, and they're, they're a mix of just all different sports. I'm just curious to kind of get your, your thoughts and your, your answers on some of them. So Tommy boy (laughs) and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Can, Can they, with Tom being 44 years old, can they go back to back? Yes, they probably will. They probably I, will. I'm in agreement. I, I think they. I think they can. I think their schedule is in favor. I think their schedule is very favorable, and it's just I don't think there's a lot of teams that can realistically stand in in Brady's in Brady's way. You know, I mean, let's be honest. There's, there's what three or three or four, the, the Rams, yes. like, like, so let's, let's like the Rams, the Rams, sure. sure. The Packers and, yeah. uh, and Arizona, Cardinals. the Cardinals. And they're all in the NFC. So that's what I mean. Oh yeah. Yeah. I guess. Never mind. <laughs> but that's what, that's but yeah. so, and well, that's what, so no, but that, that's what I'm getting. Most of his competition is going to be in his own, his own league, his own, his own conference. Most of his competition is going to be in his own conference. I don't feel, I don't feel like the Ravens present, you know, too much. Let's say the Ravens get to the Super Bowl and, and, and Brady gets to the Brady gets to play against that, you know, against the Ravens and I, I just I don't think I think what's going to ultimately end up costing the the uh, the Ravens is the lack of experience. I think I think uh, the Bucks defense is going to take advantage of Lamar Jackson and him being young and and the inexperience. I, I, I just I don't think there's much. I just want to get your answer, but I don't think there's much standing in his way. What do you think? At this moment, I don't think there's many teams besides the Ravens on the on the AFC that even stand a remote chance against the Buccaneers. And the reason why the Ravens would stand a remote chance against the Buccaneers is for two reasons, uh, and they're very definitive. One, they're the best rushing team in the league, mainly because of Mark Jackson, so they can keep Tom off the field. And two, uh, and most importantly, uh, John Harbaugh is probably one of, if not – one of the best defensive coaches in the NFL. So if it was John Harbaugh in the league, he'd have the best chance against Tom Brady. Not to say that he'd have much of a chance, but I think he'd have the best chance uh, versus other people. For instance, from, like the, from the AFC, destroyed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Brady destroyed the Chiefs, and they, it's, it's a really good. Uh, it's a really good team, and, and they're going to be playing balls to the walls, man. Like Antonio Brown. Uh, Gronkowski, Evans, Goodwin, uh, Jones, and um, and uh, what's his name? Fournette. Yeah, all those guys. All of them are liable to just have a ridiculous game. And I think it's never stated enough how talented the Bucks are right now. Around, and then you and then you add again, like like that like people people don't realize that Brady made an excellent business decision to go there because that's what they were lacking. That team was that team was stacked and set up perfect for that. The they just needed they needed a leader. They needed a leader who could keep the ship 
in the the ship pointed in the right direction and keep all of that all-star talent focused. And now that he's doing it, it it's 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 just him being him, dude. It's literally just him being him. It's Brady doing Brady things, right? Arians Arians is the perfect coach for Brady too, because Brady for 20 years, he's he's been under a guy uh the as a coach, he's been coached by a guy who absolutely um, he takes no credit for anything. Doesn't let Brady take credit for anything. He doesn't let his teammates take credit for anything. And Arians is this guy's like Brady. You're the best man. You're the goat. You're the greatest of all time. You do anything you want. You want to change this play? Change the play, Brady. You're the best man. You you want to tell the defensive guys what to do? Oh, Todd Bowles, he's a genius, but he, <laughs> he, he like kisses Brady's ass. So this is perfect for Brady. This is exactly how he should be ending his career. Just getting his ass kissed by a quarterback whisper. And that's the thing. You want to extend your career? Don't be with Bill Belichick's grumpy ass. You're just gonna that's just gonna bring you down. Be with Bruce Arians. He's gonna go home at five o'clock, get a cocktail, say, Hey Brady, you want to go out go out for drinks? That's who you want to be with when you're Tom Brady. And you know what? He could still win Super Bowls that way. I guarantee it. He already has. He already won one. So he he's going he's going to win again, dude. He will win again. One more. I think he's going to win one more. I think he's going to end his crew of eight. I thought he'd end his crew of seven, though. So who? What do I know? No, he'll he'll get one more. He'll, and I I truly believe that they're going to go back to back because I just I don't have a lot of faith in any other team standing up against him at this point. You know. Let me ask you really quick. Uh, counter to that. Um, so on my, on, or on our, ch- on the, on the clip channel on I 90 sports talk, I, I clipped it up and I'm sure you saw it. Peyton Manning and Tom Brady were talking crap about Bill Belichick and saying I that did, I did hear this. So ask away, go for not it. That, they said it's not that complicated. Peyton Manning said, oh yeah, I was never worried about his offense. Rex Ryan's was more complicated. So hold up. At, so ask the question again, ask the question again. So, 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 um, Bill Belichick. Or rather, excuse me, sorry. On Monday Night Football, the Eli Manning, uh, Peyton Manning show, they brought in Tom Brady to talk, and they talked about defense and stuff like that. And Tom Brady said, out his mouth last Monday Night Football, he said that that Belichick's defense hasn't changed in 20 years. It's not that complicated to figure out. And Peyton Manning agreed said, oh, yeah, I was never worried about a Belichick's defense. I can always drop 30 on his defense. I always knew exactly what he was going to do. He's, they said this. I clipped it up and put it on our channel, and I sent it to you. It's fascinating. They said this, and I was just like, no way. They actually said this. They said that Rex Ryan's defense scared them more because it had more talented players, and it was, and they threw more. They threw different, uh, a lot more things. They said that Belichick's defense was was good, but they always knew what was going to happen with it. That's what they said. But I, I mean, you're talking about two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever That's play. True. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're talking about Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, basically the two greatest quarterbacks to ever, to ever play the game. So, I mean, you have to look at it like that too. When they're That's saying something's tough. not complicated, it's, it's, it's tough, you know? No, no, you're and then right. He lies like the derpy, the derpy brother, you know, like, <laughs> Cause he's just like, Erder. we're like, we're, we're like, you know, Brady and Manning are like the two greatest. And then you just have derpy old Eli underneath, you know, in the conversation too. Who's just like, Herder. I enjoyed all our games, Dom. <laughs> That's what he said. 
I know. Sure I know. Because Michael Strahan and OCU Missouri carry yeah. the just, just derpy old Eli Manning. Yeah. No, no, I shouldn't say that. Eli, Eli actually played really well in the Super Bowl and in the playoffs. That's when Eli played well, not in the regular season. No, no, regular season Eli was Eli was above average. He was, you know, he was above. He was an above average quarterback. And then 2011, he had a really good year, right? But, yeah. but you put Eli Manning under pressure and under pressure and in the playoffs, the dude was nails, nails. Yeah, it was wild. It was. It was definitely so, interesting. Here's my next here's my next question. What on freaking earth has happened to the Kansas City Chiefs? Like talk about a fall from grace. They they uh they don't look too good there, bud. They don't look good at all. Like I I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that organization whether it's it's Pat Mahomes just not having a good year or if it's if it's more than that. I don't know, man, but what is what is going on with them? Frank Clark has completely fallen off the face of the earth as a player. Uh, he doesn't, like, exist anymore. He's just some linebacker that doesn't really play very well. And uh, Chris Jones was hurt for, like, three games, and they've had, like, no pass rush completely. Patrick Mahomes, I couldn't tell you. I think Eric Fisher was way more important to that team than anyone wants to talk about in Kansas City. They just don't want to talk about it, right? Seems like the second Eric F- Eric Fisher gets hurt in the AFC title game against the Browns. Ever since then, it was like the second quarter of the game. Mahomes has been running for his effing life since Eric Fisher got hurt against the Bucks. He's been running for his life. Week one, he was running for his life. Week two, running all the way. Into, it's been awful. Eric Fisher clearly was the best offensive line that he was way better than people want to give him credit for. And when he left that team, when he got hurt and then he got, and then uh, I think they cut him for salary and then he got picked up by somebody else or something like that way. They waived him. Once that happened, it was a rat. That's a rat, man. So Mahomes, he's a rhythm guy. He's out of rhythm. They need to fix their offensive line. Just like a lot of teams do. Their left tackle is a gaping hole. They can just, everyone can run up to. They have to constantly, uh, run protections and they don't really have any great uh they have great pass pass catching running backs but they don't really have great blocking running backs that's another problem too so you have to patch that up uh i'm sure andy reed will he andy reed probably came into the season thinking all right i don't have as many problems as i think i do and now he's looking at it like oh shit i have a lot of problems so yeah this team this is beyond a super bowl hangover this is this is like a, a team fall like you said falling from grace the offensive line issues that they've had can't be underestimated either. They just lost David Andrews. I mean, not David. Uh, oh, they yeah. just lost Joe Tooney for the, for the year two to a broken hand. So that's so another, and that dude, he was one of their best offensive linemen and he broke his hand and he's done for the year. So they just lost him too. Yeah. And that's, and that's when you have that problem, it doesn't matter how good you are. And that's the thing. Mahomes is a great player. So talented. But he is a rhythm guy. He was a rhythm guy under Cliff Kingsbury. Sorry. He was a rhythm guy under Cliff Kingsbury in Texas Tech. And then he was a rhythm guy with Andy Reid. That's just that's who he is. And when you when you knock him out of rhythm, he is not as good. And, I mean, it's kind of like Aaron Rodgers. Do I think that Mahomes will bounce back? Absolutely. He's way too talented not to bounce back. But they need to patch up that offensive line and give him, give him a chance. Yeah, no, I agree. I think he's way too talented to stay that to stay down like this. They'll they'll come back. He'll be he'll be back. They'll be back. 
this is this is just the injury bug really getting a hold of the Chiefs and really making them pay for it at the moment. And I think, like you just said, I think Mahomes is just completely out of rhythm, and I think he's he's running for his life a lot of these games and just not able to create any kind of rhythm at all. So I, I 100% agree with you. Doesn't help his wife and his brother are like making clowns of themselves online. <laughs> oh man, I don't know if that affects him at all. It might not. It might, but I they're oh like, man. <laughs> don't even get me started on his little brother. I, mean, that dude I don't is, care, but he's just—they're weird. I, it doesn't bother me any. I just think it's weird. All right, now next question. We're gonna switch over. Um, we're gonna switch over to basketball. Can Giannis and the Bucks stay on top of the mountain? And do you think they can repeat as champs? Yes. Yes, they can, and they probably—they have a very good. I give them like a twenty percent chance to repeat. It's really high, really high. And obviously. It doesn't sound very high, but when you think about thirty other teams in the league, that's pretty. No, that is high. very high. Pretty high. So twenty, I give him a twenty percent chance out of every other team in the league to repeat. And the reason why is because Giannis has figured out something. It's like I'll let you guys in on a secret. I'm actually bigger, stronger, and faster than anyone at my size, and he exploits the crap out of that. You saw the last like three games of the final. He hyperextends his knee. Uh, and no, it was like three. No, it was like, no, it was three games before that. But either way, the last like, uh, three games of the final after he recovers from the hyperextended knee, he just dominates everybody. And once he did that, you could just see this, this like weight lifted off of Giannis. And now he's just flying all over the court, making these amazing plays, throwing guys open. Now he, he, he's, uh, excuse me. Sorry. My jaw is going nuts. He, um, he is throwing guys open. He is he is leading the team. He is playing. He's playing as as confident as he's ever as he has ever played. You can see this his face, and, I'm, and I'll talk about his team in a second, really quick. But his the composure on his face is different now. It used to be, uh, you know, the locked in focus. I need to get this win. I need to get each win. Now it's like <laughs> I just won this game. My game, dude. I'm the best in the world. He knows he's the best in the world. So I think Giannis is a very very good chance to uh, go back-to-back. And the other reason why Giannis and the Bucks have a very good chance to go back-to-back is because not only do they uh, they um, outmatch everyone, like with Giannis, um, one-on-one, sorry, they have excellent shooting, excellent shooting. They have one of the best and most underrated centers in the league in Bruce, uh, Brooke Lopez. Amazing center. Great in the post. He, he, dude, he doesn't get enough, he doesn't get enough, like, love. But, like, that dude is, he is one of the better centers in the league. Then you got a two-way star like Drew Holiday, Olympian, a, a gold medal Olympic and a champion, Drew Holiday, who averaged 19 points, like five assists, and, and he was one of the best plus-minus guys in the entire finals, Drew Holiday. And then you got Middleton, who can go off 50 points beyond the three-point line. That is a team. And then you got DiVincenzo. You got a lot of guys. Connington, you got a lot of guys who can play on that team. Uh, Bobby Portis, that is a deep, big team who can match up with absolutely anybody and can outmatch anybody. So the Bucks, the Bucks have a chance to go back to back. They have a chance to have a very special season too. No, I, I agree. I, I agree, man. That that is a very, very good, well-rounded team. And they're going to be tough All to beat. All of them. Brooke Lopez is in his prime. Now, last and final question, JD. Where 
Where does the where does Deshaun Watson end up? Is he gonna stay in is he gonna stay in Houston or is he is he all but gone? Well, as far as I can tell, he's all but gone. He went and like there's there's multiple reports now that they have traded him to Miami. That he has already been traded. But they're waiting to hear about all this illegal stuff and everything. So it pretty much it's just pending legal. Well, they're just like waiting for the dust to settle, basically. Is basically, yeah. So as, as far as I know, he's gone. He's never going to play with Houston again. Uh, so, yeah, he's. I mean, he's gone. Like, Miami's going to get him. Uh, once the Carolina Panthers, because that's is the thing I read, and I don't know how accurate this is. You know what I mean? It's on Twitter. It's on blogs. It's on – we don't know if this is all just crap. But the thing I read, uh, because there's fake news everywhere, but the thing I read is that, um, that it was between Ma- Miami and Carolina. And Carolina did not like that they were being associated in this conversation. They're like, we don't like that you're telling us that you're telling people. They didn't like the media talking about it. They're like, all right, shut it down. We're not going to have a potential, you know, sexual like predator or whatever. That's what they, whatever. They don't want to. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they didn't want. They didn't want to be associated with it until they knew what was going on. Right. Until they know what was going on, and they just said, no, we're out of it. We're going to go with Sam Darnold. So they rejected it so now it was only miami miami offered like what a first and like something else a second or something like that and they got it they they agreed in principle the terms now they're just waiting on something and we've already discussed that miami is one of the team that they i think they have the most cap space in the nfl available at the end of next season it's like 80 million dollars so they can absolutely afford them bunch of young guys and uh yeah they can afford it but that, uh, I think that's it, JD. You got anything else to add there, brother? No, man. We we had touched on everything. It's, it's been a great week of football. I cannot wait for tomorrow at noon. The Bears are taking on the Niners, man. We have a really good chance to win this game. And if we can win this game, we can maybe make the playoffs. But I don't know. If I think the Bears are going to bounce back. I do. No. I think Chicago is going to bounce back. I think. I think that... Like you had said earlier, that that game against the Bucks, they were they were just go. That was a buzzsaw. They ran. They, they just that team was just. There's nothing. There's nothing that they, they could have done. We had no chance from the start. From the from the jump, we had no chance. No, Absolutely. no. From the snap. But I, I, I think that that's going to be a good game. Hey, NF, any day with at, that the NFL's on is a good is a good Sunday. Absolutely. So. She wants to say goodbye. All right. <laughs> I know. Mine just jumped up. But so both of our animals are uh, are wanting some camera time, y'all. But that'll do it here for episode 16, 16 episodes in already, man. We're uh, I'm I'm glad to uh, to finally have power back. That was interesting. Three (laughs) days, three and a half days without it. That must have sucked. Yeah, that was not fun. Trying to trying to charge my phone and just like be able to like be in contact was was interesting <laughs> yeah that's um, tough. but we got power back the i90 i90 sports are back we're gonna be we're back bad. to our normal normal schedule per usual guys that'll do it here for me and jd once again so if you're listening on iHeartRadio, thank you for listening uh the live version of the show guys is broadcast on beantown breakdown beantown breakdown um on YouTube. So if you want to be a part of the live show and ask us a question on the air, you can come into the YouTube to on the YouTube side of things and uh, join the live chat and uh, communicate with us via that way. 
Um, both me and JD are both on Twitter as well. So if you have any questions, you can you can get at us on Twitter. Um, just put in uh, Beantown Breakdown or I-90 uh, Sports Talk. That is how you can find either one of us on Twitter. And uh, once again, thanks for watching on iHeartRadio, guys. For the YouTube crowd, we love y'all. Appreciate all of the support. And uh, until next time, guys, we will see you for episode 17 of the I-90 Sports Podcast. Hit them with it, J.D., before we take off. Bear down. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go, Pats. We're out of here, guys. Have a good night. Peace. We're done.